Welcome to You Decide 2023, the race for Jacksonville mayor. This is a special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News on 104.5 WOKV. Live from the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio, here's Rich Jones and April Davis. We welcome you in on this Thursday morning as we are fast approaching the first day of early voting. Monday, March 6th. Boy, that happened fast. March 21st is the first unitary election in Duval County. We welcome you in. And actually, just a few moments ago, April, on Jacksonville's morning news, we heard from the Duval County Supervisor of Elections. He's anticipating maybe upwards of 35% turnout for this first unitary election. All the more reason why we wanted to bring together one after another after another, each of the mayoral candidates in Jacksonville. You have a critical decision to make. Coming up on March 21st, or if you're voting earlier, if you're going to be voting by mail, you already have your ballot perhaps, uh, you have an important choice to make. And we want you to get to know the candidate, what makes them tick a little bit more. Not necessarily a debate, more of a casual conversation so that you can hear directly from them on what matters most in Jacksonville. We welcome you into the Fair and Fair Performance Studio. Rich Jones along with April Davis. And we've really gotten to cover a lot of ground and on the big topics yeah. and get to know the candidates. Yeah, it's a great way here on WOKV to have a conversation, a real conversation. As you know, Daniel, uh, it's so often that we just have to use sound bites. So this way we can have a little bit of a more in-depth look at the big issues in Jacksonville. But first we want to tell people who you are if they aren't familiar with you. Uh, you are the CEO of the Jacksonville Chamber, have been for quite some time, and you did serve in the Florida House as well as the Jacksonville City Council. You have a big family. You grew up here yourself. Um, four kids of your own now, and uh, you were the executive director of the Nash Northeast Florida Builders Association. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here, April and Rich. It's great to see you again. Thanks. Yeah, we were talking about, I, I saw you had your running shoes on because you're out pounding the pavement. That's what it's about, direct voter contact. And, uh, you know, listen, you're going to see commercials and mailers. That's kind of what happens in campaigns. But Honestly, in my opinion, the best possible thing you can do to understand what the voters care about, what, what the city wants, is to get out and talk to the actual voter at their door. As we mentioned, uh, Dan, a couple of minutes ago, uh, the, the Duval Supervisor of Elections anticipating about 35% turnout. Do you think that that number might favor you? Uh, and how do you drive a higher turnout uh, ultimately in a really important election, but understanding that this is March, we just came off of a critical midterm cycle, got a lot of elections coming at the, uh, the registered voters in Duval County. You know, we're excited about all of it. I want as much activity and as much turnout as we possibly can receive. And I think the more we get uh, to the re the actual election day, you're going to see more activity. And, and it's rising to a fever pitch of who do you want to be your next CEO? of the city of Jacksonville. And so I'm excited about the uh, the atmosphere out there and I look forward to creating even more excitement as we move forward. Yeah, and CEOs know all about budgets and CFOs, but uh, you're, you're kind of gonna be both uh, if you are the mayor of Jacksonville and the budget comes first, comes up quick as we've been discussing. And so what is the development project that you might make a priority for your first budget? Because Jacksonville is such a huge city, We're always talking about new development. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. Listen, I was able to serve as finance chair twice when I was on the city council and the youngest city council president selected by my peers on the city council uh, back uh, in 2007. That's that's really important because you're hiring somebody who is going to deal with a budget and understand it. And we don't have time for the next mayor to come in and have on-the-job training. It's got to be somebody who can hit the ground running, and we'll be able to do that. Uh, quickly, I think there there are all sorts of issues that are, are that are important. Most important thing that we hear from folks that are voting is public safety. 
public safety, public safety, public safety is number one. And we have to make sure that we're spending money wisely at City Hall. I'm, I'm for a smaller government and, and getting taxpayer dollars back out on the street to be able to pay for more police officers, to be able to pay for more infrastructure funding. And that's really the purpose of what government in the city is supposed to do. You've been endorsed by the incumbent Sheriff T.K. Waters. As you've had conversations with him, I'm assuming you've had conversations with him, is the need more funding for more officers? Because many of the stories that have recently come out is the lack of uh, new officers coming in because it's hard to find officers coming into the sheriff's office, so unfilled positions now. Is it more spending and increase in spending, or is it maybe something broader than that to try to attract new talent to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office? I think it's clearly, where do you want to invest your taxpayer dollars? And not only is it recruitment, but it's retention. And we have to, in our own businesses, at the, as the CEO of the chamber, I had to reevaluate every one of my employees. It's way more expensive to go find employees than to be able to retain the employees that you have. And we have to do that, not only in police, but fire as well. And we're, we're going to be able to do that because we understand being a CEO, we understand what it takes to be able to run the city of Jacksonville. And I look forward to that opportunity. We are going to put more police officers on the street. In prior budgets, especially in the last several budget cycles, there has been increased spending for the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, and yet we still see the crime numbers at an elevated rate. I mean, you could easily make a quick mm -hmm. snap answer and say more officers doesn't necessarily bring a reduction in crime. How do you ensure more spending, more officers ultimately will be able to target that in the first year or two so that you have a case to make as the mayor of Jacksonville going mm -hmm. forward in the Davis administration, we've made a significant uh, decrease in this major issue. So when I was on the city council, we implemented the Jacksonville journey. And I led on bringing 100 new officers to the street in high crime locations. Uh, not only was it enforcement, which was exactly what we needed, you have to have boots on the ground. But you also have to have prevention and intervention as well. And we were able to bring the community into City Hall and bring City Hall out to the community to understand what the issues were, how to keep kids off the streets after schools while, while their mom was working maybe two jobs. Those are important issues too. It's not just enforcement. It's everything that uh, will come together to solve the crime issue. My ultimate goal to be able to solve crime is to give a kid an education and to give a kid a job. And you do that, and you create hope for somebody, and that's the best crime fighter you'll ever find. Yeah, speaking of jobs, I mean, we do have a low, uh, pretty young median age here in Jacksonville. Lots of young folks, which is great for our city and uh, keeps us moving. What do you plan to do to make sure that we continue that trend and keep young people here? Yeah, over the last 10 years at the Jacks Chamber, we were able to bring over 30,000 jobs to Jacksonville, high-paying jobs, and that's great because it helps our economy. It helps everybody, even helps the radio stations to be able to uh, thrive, and, and that's what I love to do. I'm an expert at workforce development and job creation, and um, as mayor, I would do that times 10. Every day I would focus on what companies we could bring to Jacksonville, how we can create a climate for small businesses to thrive, uh, and then everybody succeed. And so we have to make sure that our our workforce is ready to take those jobs. It's incredibly important that education and workforce development is what are in our fourth our forethought so we can make sure those jobs are filled by the kids that grew up in Jacksonville. Yeah, we definitely need the jobs and uh, creation of jobs and of course young folks mm -hmm. like entertainment as well. So is there anything that you have thought about to make sure that we still keep a thriving downtown sure. and expand that beyond downtown? It, you're exactly right. It, when when I was growing up and graduated from college, uh, you go chase a job, and then you figure out a place to live. That's what we all thought. And now uh, what we're seeing when uh, 
the young talent is graduating from higher ed institutions, they're looking for a really cool place to live and they'll just figure out a job. So it's absolutely opposite of what we thought, but that just makes it even more important for us to create this environment in Jacksonville that is attractive, that we can compete with the Nashvilles and the Charlottes and the Pittsburghs to be able to bring the best talent to Jacksonville. Talent is the next economic development battlefield, and we have to make sure that we're attracting the best. We're visiting with Daniel Davis, one of the candidates for uh, Jacksonville mayor, as uh, early voting begins on Monday of next week, believe it or not, March 6th. It's right around the corner. And as CEO of the Jacks Chamber, as you are headed across the Main Street Bridge, the Blue Bridge, yes. for those who are relatively <laughs> new to Jacksonville. I hate color code. We go by color. And newbies always color code the bridges because you don't, and then the really tall one is Dames Point Bridge, yes. getting up to the airport. But the Blue Bridge coming off uh, into the downtown quarter, Jack's Chamber is right there. And all along the riverfront, north and south, we have projects that are in different phases of development right now. And, and as you look at those and you're transitioning perhaps from CEO of the Jack's Chamber to if you're successful either in March or in a runoff in May, the next CEO of the city, how do you prioritize which one gets the most attention, the most resources, the most money ultimately, and which one ultimately be, uh, ends up being the major catalyst for an explosion of growth right along that riverfront? You've lived here all your life. It's been stalled. We've seen fits and starts over the course of multiple generations. Yeah, and I spent 14 years at the Northeast Florida Builders Association, so I understand development. I understand what it takes to make a finance stack work uh, for developers coming into town. And I would tell you this, I am all about making sure that we can give answers quicker as a city. We need to make sure the permitting department is moving faster to where people can get started to create jobs. Um, but we also need to make sure the process for development in downtown um, is, is not harder than it would be to develop in a, in a uh, suburb. And right now, there's extra steps you have to go through. And developers may look at our city and go, why would I come here if I have to wait this long and I still don't know if I'm going to get the approval? So we have to take a close look at that, at what government's role is in making sure we make it easier for folks to develop high-quality projects in downtown. Infill has the infrastructure. And so building in inside is easier because your infrastructure is already in place. Whenever you, you build four miles out, you have to run all the infrastructure out there and it's much more expensive. So we should be working hard as a community to make sure we can give folks the answers quicker that they need to get get started on their projects. Right, let me know that's an issue. You're not the first person to bring up uh, that it's not quick. <laughs> that process is not quick. So with the uh, entertainment, back to that sort of mm -hmm. line of thinking, uh, Jaguars had a great season this yeah. year. And so obviously they're huge for our economy. I'm just wondering, would you want to extend the lease with them? Uh, what would be the plan for the Jags sure. going forward. Yeah, I, I love the Jags. I mean, we, I've been the biggest fan in Jacksonville since since they came to to our great city, and and I love cheering for them. My my boys and I and my daughters and Rebecca love uh, game day, and and that's something that's part of our our existence here in Jacksonville. We all love them, and congratulations to um, the coach and to Trevor and and where the the organization's headed. And they're they've been partners with us at the chamber, helping us bring thousands of jobs to this community. So in my opinion, it's important for us to figure out the long-term uh, relationship with the Jags, and, and nobody wants to see the Jags go anywhere else. And, and I would tell you, uh, as the CEO of the city, I, it would be my responsibility to negotiate what that looks like in the future. And, and what I would promise the citizens of Jacksonville is that when I step, step up to that negotiation table, I'm going to be negotiating on their behalf. And we need to come up with the best deal for the citizens of Jacksonville, that everybody has skin in the game, it's fair, transparent, 
and I look forward to that process. Do you have a number or percentage in mind of what you would ask taxpayers? No, I, I think that that's all on the table. We just need to make sure. What I am saying right now is that I'm negotiating on behalf of the taxpayers. I, I'm going to negotiate a fair deal. It's going to be a transparent deal that everybody can agree on and so we can move forward and make sure we lock it, everything in for the future. We have a lot of ground to cover still, and we'll pause for a moment as our Spotlight Conversation continues with Daniel Davis in the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio. April Davis, along with Rich Jones, says we'll focus on neighborhood development, neighborhood investment going forward. We'll talk about infrastructure and a little bit more on crime as well as our Spotlight Series with candidates for Jacksonville Mayor continues on 104.5 WOKV, streaming on YouTube and Facebook. Back to more of You Decide 2023, the race for Jacksonville Mayor. Our special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News continues on 104.5 WOKV. Let's return to the Farah and Farah Performance Studio. Here's Rich Jones and April Davis. And as we continue to spotlight each of the candidates running for Jacksonville mayor, our general themes are pretty much the same, although there is news that is made before each of our spotlight conversations. And as we're visiting with Daniel Davis, who's the uh, Jack's Chamber CEO, one recent story that developed this week, Daniel, I, I wonder just what you're thinking as a Republican candidate, the UNF poll that showed like 31% of Republican voters are still undecided. How do you read into that as a candidate who's knocking on doors, trying to get as much attention you can with ads and trying to get people to turn your way? Yeah, it, it's normal. I think it's a, a normal process of people doing deep dives. And when I talk to them at the door and they say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm between you and another candidate, but I'm really doing my research, I, and I encourage that. And what I tell them is, listen, the deeper dive you take, the better I'm going to look. So please go look. And I think you'll decide that we are the best choice to be the next CEO of Jacksonville, which is your mayor. And they, they usually agree. And when we walk away, it's going to be, in my opinion, a real good opportunity to win that vote. Yeah, and we know why you're pounding the pavement because early voting starts Monday. So it's not far away at all. And, of course, uh, the election coming up a week after that. So um, you can mail in your ballot as well. So there's lots of options in the city of Jacksonville. And uh, we want to talk about the issues with Daniel. Uh, Daniel Davis joined us here uh, as one of several candidates in the race. And we wanted to talk about infrastructure and blight. And we know it's uh, unfortunately not just in one area in this large city. So is there any specific place you would like to concentrate on uh, improvements in that area? Well, I think we need to get our house in order in many ways and, and refocus what the purpose of government is. That's number one, public safety. We talked about that, making sure we have more officers on the street and you are safe in Jacksonville. Two, infrastructure. And when I talk about infrastructure, I'm, I'm talking through things like blight, making sure that trash is picked up, the nuts and bolts of running government. We need to make sure we have the first things done right first. And in my opinion, what we've done at the chamber is we've been excellent in the small things. Because if you're excellent in the small things, the big things come to you. And so we're going to bring that same attitude to the city, and I think we're going to be really successful with it. Does that mean looking back and renegotiating contracts that are already existing and trying to avoid the issue that we had in October of a couple of years ago where we didn't have recycling for all those months and uh, seemingly needing to renegotiate or at least look at a better deal for the residents of Jacksonville? I do think we need to take a look at that. How do we, uh, how do we attack blight in each community. And I think part of that is renegotiating and relooking at what we currently have. And I think it's part of uh, having rapid response teams that if somebody 
dumps uh, some tires on the side of the road in an area, they don't sit there for two months. But people can call in and they get a response from their city because their city should be customer-oriented. Does that mean staffing more to 630 City or bringing in more talent within the organization? How do you ensure that you increase where we're at right now, the status mm -hmm. quo, so it's not the status quo? Yeah, I, I don't want to – we're not growing government, okay? They're, we're not bringing more employees into government. What we're doing is fine – in many ways, finding private sector solutions to some of our problems. Now, listen, you don't privatize police and fire corrections. Those are government purposes. What we're talking about is private sector solutions to some of the problems we're talking about today. And being somewhat new to Jacksonville, uh, not new to the South, but new to Jacksonville, I, I hear the septic tank issue all yeah. the time. So, you know, and obviously we had talked about there are good septic tanks too, but is there something you would do about the situation where residents want them removed? Yeah, we, we have to make sure we protect our crown jewel, and that's the St. John's River. We need to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep our waterways safe. And part of that is uh, when we have failing septic tanks near waterways, we have to make sure we take care of them. But we can't forget the folks that oftentimes can't afford to replace their septic system or their drain field, and, and they can't afford to connect to JEA either. And so there's a, there's a bigger view that we have to take in here, we can't just say we're bringing you uh, all you, you you folks on the street are getting sewer. We have to make sure we work with all the individuals on a case by case basis to make sure they can af actually afford to hook up. And we we can't leave those folks behind. The hardworking folks, sometimes the folks that are retired on fixed income, we have to have that compassion in our heart for them as well as protecting our environment at the same time. In the last few minutes that we have visiting with Daniel Davis, and we always wish we could cover more ground, you can learn a lot more about the candidates in our voter guide at wokv.com. You brought up JEA. Will you uh, pledge to never seek privatization of JEA under an administration for eight years? Sure. It, w Daniel Davis, as mayor, will never sell JEA. I, I, I've made that clear um, throughout this campaign. I make it clear every day when I'm knocking on doors and somebody has a question about it. And it's um, something that we, we love the folks that work at JEA, the hardworking folks there on the line, the folks that are working in the uh, corporate headquarters to make Jacksonville a better place, create more economic opportunity. And I'm going to be a great partner with them, and I look forward to the next eight years. I mean, just how big of a deal is that for if, if JEA were to be privatized? Because obviously it's publicly owned. So, Well, it's not going to be privatized. And we, so we're, we're looking forward to how do, we, how do we take JEA and help JEA be a community builder? Uh, many, many years, JEA worked closely with the chamber and with other folks in the community to, to help people that need help to help create economic development, like out at Cecil where we're doing a lot of job growth and manufacturing and you need a lot of electricity and, and we're working closely with those companies too and JEA has been a huge partner in that area. As we wrap up and you got the Daniel Davis shirt on, we were kind of joking before we got started that there's a handful of those in the closet as well. Do you get up in the morning and envision and want to be Jacksonville Mayor? There's a lot of issues going on and a city this big with this many people and this yeah. many issues and this much promise as well. Why do you wake up in the morning and want the job? I love my city. I, I love the people in Jacksonville. I've had this burning desire since I was a kid to serve my city. I have the experience that if you wrap it up in a bow, I'll be able to hit the ground running day one. And uh, I just love the people of Jacksonville. And I feel like I have what it takes to serve them well to create unity, not only at City Hall, but across all the communities, and to grow jobs and really improve our quality of life. 
We've got a busy next several weeks of campaigning. Early voting gets underway on Monday, believe it or not, March 6th, March 21st is the election day. Daniel Davis, one of the seven candidate, eight candidates uh, with a write-in, but seven named candidates who you'll uh, be choosing from on the ballot. Head to our voter guide at WOKV.com. Learn more about the candidates, see early voting locations, find your precinct. It maybe have, has changed since the last election. And our final spotlight conversation will be underway tomorrow here on 104.5 FM for April Davis. Daniel Davis, thank you very much for thank coming you. in. I do appreciate it. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And thanks for your attention today on YouTube, Facebook, and 104.5 WOKV. And thanks to the Farrah and Farrah Performance Studio for hosting us yet again.